So, I mean, your reputation is everything and that doesn't, it's not just in business. I think it's in life. Um, you know, you're kind of only as good as your word. And so, uh, you know, a, a few things I think you can do to build trust is not work with or for um, the wrong people. <laughs> Well, I am super excited today. Uh, we have the amazing Katie Dunsworth, uh, co-founder of Talk Shop, uh, joining us. Uh, let me just set this up before we dig into the details. Katie is the co-founder of Talk Shop, a PR firm and one of Canada's top employers and most inspiring agencies. I agree with that. Katie is a trained journalist and a serial entrepreneur, and both her professional and personal life balance has sparked a passion for the work she does today. At the age of 23, Katie had her first startup, Smart Cookies, featured on The Oprah. I can't wait to ask about this. My daughter was excited when I told her um, and ultimately led to a various media opportunities. Katie has recently expanded her role at Talk Shop to launch an entrepreneurial program called In Residence, which reinvests a portion of her annual revenue into new ventures and new entrepreneurs from within our their organization. Uh, named amongst the youngest women to rank on the 40 under 40, Katie also founded the STEM Spotlight Awards, a program aimed at recognizing the innovative thinker and doers in the STEM sections. Uh, that is science, technology, engineering, and math for those who weren't aware. Um, Katie is an active financial contributor to CTV News and works as a dedicated volunteer for Habitat of Humanity Greater Vancouver. Katie is a mentor to women in business through FWE and chair of the board of Small Business BC. Katie, thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it is honestly our pleasure. And you know what? What I'm excited about is this is the, the call it season two. It's 2021. Yeah. And uh -huh. you get to be our first guest of the year, which is, which is, which is really, really, really exciting. That um, is exciting and a huge honor. Is. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I really enjoyed reading that introduction because it just shows how much you have done in these few short years of um, and accomplished so much. So <laughs> I have to dig in first. Sure. Oprah, can you no. tell me? <laughs> all about that experience. Just set, set that up, please. Well, what I'll set up is, I mean, I was the biggest Oprah fan, still am. Um, and I used to watch the show and be like, when they were, when they would have real, not celebrities, real people on the show, as she would, I would always wonder how on earth are they not like freaking out meeting Oprah. Um, and this was my experience is I was a real person and they basically trick you. So we, <laughs> we the, 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 I'll try, try and give you the very short version. Mm -hmm. I wrote in like just through their website because we had been doing a program that she had posted on her site about, you know, getting out of debt. And we were kind of like, it was very sort of prescribed and we were, you know, young kind of like working professionals. And so we decided, you know, we can make this more fun. We'll do this. Like we'll have wine. We'll do this as like a group thing. Mm -hmm. um, and we really just adapted it. So I wrote in, I'm a PR person by trade. And so I'm a pretty good writer. And so I just said, you know, we followed this. Here's what we did. Anyway, it was months and months later, like a week or two before I was getting married and I get this call and in my work, like I pitched the Oprah show. So, um, I just thought it was something related to a client. And they're like, no, no, this is about your money club. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so they, long story short, they sent out a, um, a crew that like produced a little video. And she was like, you're not going to be on the show. You know, maybe we'll show the video, maybe not. 
Um, but like, you won't be on the show the whole time. They're like, you won't be on the show. And we're like, Oh, this is so cool. Like anything to do with Oprah is really cool. And then closer to the day, like maybe, maybe like they, we filmed it on the Tuesday and they, on the Sunday were like, Hey, we're going to fly you to Chicago. And then they were still like, you're not going to be on the show. You just get to see, they are going to show you your video. You get to see it from the audience. So we're like, we get to see the Oprah show. And it was, I think her last season. So the fact to, to, it was like impossible to even get to that show. And he's, so we get there, they put us up at a hotel. It's really sweet. Our producer's really sweet. And, and then she comes and kind of preps us before and like takes us into makeup and like, hair, which would, should have been the giveaway. And then she's like, you're not going to be on the show. You're not going to be on the show, but we're just going to do your hair and makeup in case they pan to you in the audience. And if Oprah does ask you a question in the audience, like repeat what you would say. And she just started like media training us, but sort of unbeknownst to us anyway. So then the, she, she begins to tape the show. And I mean, the thing with Oprah too, the consummate professional, she, she truly, records that show live without like a single yeah it was amazing to watch um and then probably three segments in she started they started setting up all these stools for the five of us and um and then she's like oh come on up smart cookies come on (laughs) so so we were on the show and I think um I was talking about this the other day I think the audience at that time was like 24 million people and yeah yeah I just couldn't even compute the the magnitude of that <laughs> well that's incredible well can you tell me a little bit more about smart cookies and why sure, why you yes, even started sorry. that yes yes no um, oprah's oprah one take magic oprah the queen of one take i totally appreciate oh, that man, let's yeah. hear a little bit about what made you get there right right yeah so in my um early 20s i think i was maybe 23 uh i was sort of in my first like professional PR job, uh, corporate PR job. And a bunch of us, what I noticed was like a bunch of the women at the office were really kind of like, and at the time I was living in Vancouver, really like living beyond our means um, and and going into debt, but kind of trying to portray this image of like, got it all together. Um, And then we would all kind of be like, I'm so broke. I'm in so much debt or that was, yeah, that's what we were dealing with. And so um, a few of us at the office at the time were like, let's do, let's do this thing. Like this would be fun. Um, So we started it and then it made it our own group. And then we really made it more, we just sort of tailored the prescribed Oprah program, which was just through different financial experts that she was working with to something that we liked, which was like a little bit less deprivation driven and a little bit more like, like my two cents is I, I like have expensive days. So I'm like, I just rather make more money and not be done with the money I have versus deprive myself. So it was actually, that was ironically sort of how I started my business. Now my PR business is I ended up, I was consulting kind of on the side. Um, and that, eventually grew into Wolf Talk Shop. <laughs> well, how, how scary was it founding it? Go, like from going from someone who you said already is spending a little money, more money than you yeah. had. And now all of a sudden you're responsible for it. What, what, yeah. why did you do that? And how scary was I that? I mean, to be honest with you, if I had just like ripped, I don't know that I ever would have ripped the bandaid. Um, and you know, this is, this is a story. And I think, especially in the times that we're in right now, like with the pandemic, and I know so many people who have lost jobs or been furloughed or what have you, like this was in the 2008 recession. So I was working for, you know, a company at the time. Um, I mean, I'm sure I can say their name. It was one Eight hundred got junk, which is now O2E brands, and mm-hmm. and they were like, they were on the brink of um, bankruptcy, and I didn't know, and so unbeknownst to me, like 
70 of us lost our jobs and I had just been on Oprah. Um, we, you know, people that saw the show, we were getting like book, we, we ended up writing two books with Random House, got a, a TV show with the W Network, wow. which then got picked up on the, the Oprah Network. And so this was all happening in the background, which was so amazing. So the fact that I got laid off and then got like six months severance, it was, it was just perfect. And if that hadn't happened, I would have hung on. Like I didn't, I didn't really have designs on starting my own business. It was sort of accidental. And then ironically, it's the thing I think I'm the best at. <laughs> like, I, So I don't know. Yeah. I'm so grateful that that all happened, but at the time it felt, it felt scary and I probably wouldn't have gone out on my own. You know, what's really interesting is 2008 was because uh, um, prior to TTT, I had mm. another company with my brother, which was in the real estate place, oh, okay. real, yeah, real yeah. estate education. Yeah. And with that 2008 collision, let's just yeah. call it, mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons, short of also having kids who started school, why right. I found a TTT. So I think a lot of things came out of that uh, right. that time yes. period. So yes. I, and that, I, mark my word, that's what will happen now is I just see the way things are ramping up and the way that business has adapted and changed. And it's creating so, I mean, it's it's hard, but it's creating lots of incredible opportunities too. And Oh, completely. Especially as people are more comfortable not being in meat space, you know, when they're they're actually being um, Mm -hmm. on the web and the tools are getting good and uh, the tools are pretty good. Well, you know, so we have engaged with TalkShop and honestly, I love working with, with, with your team. I mean, oh, Natalie Davidson's you. incredible. Everyone <laughs> was super professional and super great. But one thing that always brought my attention is you're 96%, 95% female. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Including all the female founders, which That's I, right. which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Is there a goal or a reason for this? Uh, you know, I don't know if PR skews a bit more to women. I have had like, it's so funny, smart cookies. We were business partners. This business, I have had like eight women as business partners. So to me, it's not unusual or weird. Um, I do think that our industry has a lot of really strong, great women. And, and those were the people that I wanted to work with. So yeah, I don't know. This is, I, uh, like I said, I honestly, everyone it's, I've met, you should engage with TalkShop if you can, uh, because honestly, fantastic people. Fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for that. And I think that that's, you know, I was saying this too recently, like we're a bit of an outlier in the agency space. Cause I could frankly, I mean, I want to do excellent work, but I could give, I don't care if anybody ever gives us an award for it. I, the awards I care about are, we, we just, I mean, this will come out soon, I think, but like in February, but we're um, a top employer in Canada. Um, we win, we very consistently win great place to work awards. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, you're going to do your best work when you have the best people and the best people want to work at places where they're treated well and paid well. And, Completely. You know, yeah. Completely, completely. Well, tell me, tell me a little more. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you came out of the 2008 uh, recession, crisis, whatever you want to call it. Um, But tell me about how you you met the all the uh, because there's three, four co-founders, three co-founders. Yeah, there's four four partners now, Mm -hmm. but three co-founders, and then Mm -hmm. sort of like a law firm, we're gonna um, we will open up uh, ownership to our employees. Um, Okay. Yeah. So my um, so my my one partner Beth, um, we met you know, right around the time that I was starting out on my own. And I actually started the smart cookies thing. So just after the Oprah thing, I started smart cookies and what's now talk shop at the time it was called spark, um, at the same time. And then I started to realize like, Oh, I'm in over my head and I need to tape a TV show. Like 
14 hours a day. <laughs> so I'd be like on my Blackberry at the time in 2008 or whatever it was, uh, doing like client work. And um, it was just becoming unsustainable, but we were getting a lot of work. And so I had met Beth at a client's and she was sort of on her way out. And I was like, why? She was so great. And I was like, why don't we work together? I'm just starting this thing. I need somebody. And so, yeah, so we just partnered um, kind of without really knowing much about each other other than we really liked each other. And it's been great. She's one of my dear, dear friends now and obviously still a partner. And then a few years later, um, we we had known Sarah, who's our, our third business partner. She had her own firm. We were just starting to realize we were not getting exposure to like the opportunities and the work that we wanted because of our size. It's cute to be boutique for a while. And then it's just like actually quite challenging to sort of scale. Oh, yeah. And so we were like, let's let's actually do this thing. So we, we merged. Um, and then that's when Talk Shop was formed. Uh, mm-hmm. And then really after that, it was just sort of really rapid growth. Rapid growth. What, what, so was it all Vancouver initially or Vancouver, Toronto? Because I know you're, you're yeah, bi-coastal, if you want to call Central yeah. Canada. Right? I know, I know. That's what I've learned about <laughs> yeah. Toronto is nobody mm-hmm. calls it the East, only no. the West calls it the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything East of West is East. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 like our head office is still Vancouver, which is a bit unusual. Um, but we are, our Toronto office now is like nearing 20 people and we've only been here for about a year. Um, and I love it. Like, I think, I mean, here's my thing. I love to prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to have people kind of underestimate me. And so when I first started, uh, you know, thinking about, we really need a presence in Toronto and, um, we're going to open an office, you know, everybody was like, Oh, there's so much competition. And like, I didn't initially live there. And so, you know, people were like, you have to find the founder. If the founder's not there now, what work? And so, you know, I, did, uh, like, all of those things, we did it differently. The irony now is like with the pandemic, nobody meets in person anymore. Like no. the, it's hilarious that, that, you know, the importance of the in-person meeting, it matters to understand the market you're in. I totally mm-hmm. believe that. And I, I'm so encouraged and I love, I actually love the the business culture um, in Ontario or in Toronto. And that's mm-hmm. been like a highlight of my career, but, um, yeah, we're pretty new there. Well, that's exciting. That's, um, well, do you, do you need, like, I mean, you said things are changing with COVID, but you, so you moved to Toronto in order Mm -hmm. to take on the role and open up the office. Do you, do you think that, you know, even with COVID that is still necessary though? No, well, here's the thing. I did, I really didn't. Like I was coming once a month, um, we have an incredible team like Nat, who you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, one of my other colleagues, um, Chantal, the two of them are, are the powerhouses of, of that team. I'm, I'm here for, um, I'm like the cheerleader of the great people. And I'm like, what do you need? I'll get you what you need. Like, I'm just, they know, I mean, and that would be my advice to anybody is just surround yourself with people who are better and smarter than you are. And like, let them, I call them the cheetahs, but I'm like, just let them run. I gotta be free. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're stronger, better. And so so yeah, that's my job is just to make sure that they're they have what they need and and not to lose the culture that we've built and not that they couldn't continue that. But I think it's important to um, you know, really establish it and make sure that we are a very different culture than 
um, this market is used to. Like people mm-hmm. are not, you know, we, we still kind of embrace like the West coast mentality is like harder, not smarter or smarter, not harder. That, mm-hmm. that it's not really like clocking 14 hour days is not impressive to anyone. It's like, did you figure out a way to do a good job and then go skiing? <laughs> like that's kind of <laughs> like, you know, that's, that impresses people. And so I want people to be able to be proud of the work they're doing, but also see their families. I mean, again, in the pandemic, it's different times. So we're seeing so much of our families that I would actually like to see less of my family, but um, yeah. Yeah. So we've really tried to make sure that that part of the culture has remained. Oh, I dig that. I mean, I can't believe I'm listening to you and I'm imagining, oh my gosh, you're saying all the things I say about our company. Like yeah, it's, oh it's, it's actually amazing. You know, that's I, so cool. I tell that's people all the time, like what's you your guys. role? <laughs> yeah. I t- they ask me what my role is. I'm like, I'm just a cheerleader for a bunch of talented people. And yeah. I'm like listening to you going, oh man, you that's get it. Like, this, yeah. this is awesome. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I got to say, I, I haven't seen your Toronto office, though, though I was in Toronto last time I saw Natalie, um, yeah. you know, working, working, the, working what she does and seeming to know everyone. But your yeah. Vancouver office is amazing. Every time I come off the bridge, I actually wave to you guys oh. uh, or to, to you ladies. Yeah. Is your Toronto office as nice it's as your Vancouver one? It's even nicer, oh, my if you can believe that. Yeah, it's it? even nicer. Yeah, we've somehow, I mean, so here's the thing, like the the trajectory, and I, I, I probably laugh like, like cry laughing about this a couple times a month. So when we first started, we, you know, we were like, I'm a smart cookie. So I'm like very fiscally conservative. <laughs> so I was like, until we like make sure we have a, you know, revenue coming in from this market, like we're not going to outlay a lot in, in rent, but we had team. So, um, our, our, our VP of digital <laughs> came from like another agency and we didn't even have, I don't know why on earth we were this cheap but we didn't even bother to get an office in a co-working we just kind of like worked in the lounge and so she left her like very great job to come to work for us and then was like oh cool we work at a a coffee shop like it was pretty and we're we were not a small company so so but very quickly um it was really about like finding the right space uh making sure you know I think again at that time what clients wanted to meet in person, um, you really had to be in the right part of town. And so I was kind of like, do we need to be more West? And we were looking at, you know, but we're really, we're, we're right in the financial district, um, in a, in a beautiful space. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I can't, I can't wait to see it. I can't, I'm honestly, I'm dying to get to Toronto. I'm dying to get anywhere right now. I'll be honest with you, you know, <laughs> same here, um, same but you know, I mean, maybe, maybe the whole idea is, you know, why, why that was still exciting, you know, working in a, a lobby or whatever you want to call it was, it still mm-hmm. feels like a startup that way. Right. Like there's it something does, really, yeah. really, really kind of, you know, exciting about it. And, and we're, we're yeah. kind of in a similar stage right now where we're actually looking at opening up an office and, you know, trying to figure out if oh, we're Toronto or Western, you know, cause we have some people yeah. out there now, um, yeah. especially Mark on the business side. And, I kind of like the idea of exactly how you're saying it, you know, start small and then, and then start figure small, out your footing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that was awesome about the way that we started is that people are really, um, they admire the sort of like chutzpah of like, we just pounded the pavement. We're like, we're meeting people and we're getting out there and we're, we're not too big or small for anything. And I, you know, I, I also come from the perspective of like, I think it's a bit of a different um, landscape out there in terms of how competitive people are. But where I came from, I'm like, we refer jobs to other agencies all the time. Like if it's not the right fit or we have a conflict or whatever. So I really just tried to to be like, 
hi, it's us. We're not threatening. And we're, you know, we're, we play in a very specific space. You know, we do mm-hmm. a lot of technology um, work, uh, you know, very, very kind of like, yeah, technical. I'm not overly interested in, in like pitching on hotel PR. Like there's lots of people. And then, and I mean, look at the climate now, like I'm so glad we don't do that, but mm. yeah. Well, here's another Toronto, Vancouver question then, because uh, I agree with you. I mean, the community is everything for us. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you don't get the job now, but you'll give it to someone who can help yeah. you out. Do mm-hmm. you find that Toronto and, you know, you've, it sounds like you've only been there for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Do you find that t- Toronto or Ontario has a similar spirit to what I call kind of the West Coast business spirit? Uh, it has a spirit. It's not the same, but I think in some ways it's, it's stronger. Um, we've really found it like sector specific. So like the tech sector, for instance, is phenomenal. And, um, we have, including clients like Aaron Burry at Willful shout out. They're just the best client and company. And she's an amazing founder and a really inspiring person and people like that who've just you know, open the doors, intro you to people. They're your biggest advocates. And then, you know, you do incredible work for them because that's who you want to be working with. We've, we've really seen that. And, and the communications community within that is, is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the agency landscape, I, to be honest, I don't know that well. <laughs> I probably should. I really tried. They're not, I wouldn't say they're overly welcoming, but mm. we're trying. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a pretty mature landscape too. Yes, I mean, they've, they've yes, got, you know, mature. you got Bay Street, you got history, whereas I, I think we're kind of digging and clawing out of the, out of the beach and mountains a little bit more here. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think too, um, you know, not to be like, I'm a woman and I'm younger, but like what I've observed is there's a lot of older men. Um, mm. and, and so there's, there's people who really want to want that and not, I'm not, I'm not slagging men or being older. I'm just <laughs> saying, I think there are, um, there's differences in, in when you choose, who you choose to work with, you do look at who's behind it and sort of decide like, okay, these guys are really um, uh, adapting to all kinds of new media and different ways yeah. of communicating. And then there's the more traditional and and there's room for everyone. There's room for everyone. But I, I can't see, I mean, the thing that impressed me the most about your group was mm-hmm. that you knew everyone and everyone respected you and, you know, oh. and you were always prepared. I got to say this because when I would do say, a, um, you know, that uh, Natalie or I can't remember exactly what set up, set up a, a meeting for us with say mm-hmm. the, 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 I don't know, the radio or the, or the, yeah. uh, the TV or anything like that. It was always, they saw, said some nice, such nice things when I would talk to the, the, the hosts about your group, oh, which, which was so always nice. a good thing that you had that inside, but also they always, your team always prepared me so well. Like I had that, that good. sheet of, you know, this yeah. is what you need to know. <laughs> yeah, These yeah. are the questions they're going to ask you. Yeah. Um, as, as, as Pauline here knows, I, I will probably say, you guys go. did that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we learned from you. How about that? But, uh, you know, I'm not really good at staying on the, 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 the straight path of, you know, uh, we're going to yeah. do in the questions, but, uh. <laughs> Well, you know what? Well, let's go back to one of those straight questions, and Pauline sure, will appreciate sure. that. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because I, I mean, I am old enough uh, to remember the 1-800 got junk, uh, yeah. the big PR thing they did with the Canucks. Yeah, yeah. You remember that with the blue wigs? Yes. Yeah. No. Were you with them when that happened? Yeah, or have yeah, any influence yeah. Oh, on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can, I did. can you set that up? Because I think this is such an amazing story yeah. of guerrilla PR. Oh gosh. Well, Brian Scudamore wrote, who's the founder, wrote mm-hmm. the book on on guerrilla PR, and I'll give credit where credit's due. He um, worked with a guy at the time who's actually passed away. His name was Tyler. Um, 
and they, at the time, I think the Canucks were in the playoffs and they were really not at a place where like they could get a Canucks partnership or, um, you know, do anything at that level, but they could certainly latch on to like the community pride and the pride about the Canucks. And so they concocted this idea to put on blue wigs um, park the trucks like all over the city, put on Connects jerseys, park outside Connects games, and just like go for it, and um, and got tons of media attention for it, and had no actual affiliation with the Connects at all. And then, I mean, the blue wig thing just became—we would call it—I think it was blue wig spirit. And I remember in my job interview. I, like a final interview was with Brian and he was like, would you put on a blue wig? And like, you know, the cool thing about got junk too is you had to train on the junk truck. So like for mm-hmm. two weeks, I was a junk hauler. Really? Um, yeah. Which was really That's awesome. fascinating. Like mm-hmm. so interesting. It also gives you a deep appreciation of like, man, these guys work hard and like, mm-hmm. this is what they do with stuff. And yeah, it was great. And so, um, Anyway, so part of part of that was like you had to you still had to do that. You still had to put on the wigs and do the waves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's true. Gorilla PR and they're they're um yeah, they're very good at that. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I must have gone to UBC with Brian or they were around yeah, the right time probably. where I guess yeah. he dropped out to you know create yeah, amazing things. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's kind of funny. I haven't really bumped into him in the community, which surprises me because I've been over in that office many times for other other yeah, things. So I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to make I'll have to make that an opportunity to yeah, maybe have Brian yeah, Brian on yeah. here. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, you know, I'll, I'll go, want to go back to the, the talk shop thing because I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued because again you share a lot of things that we share. And this is what really makes me, you know, love you guys that much more and and tell us that I think maybe we're on the right path too. Um, Is you say you're a family first employer, which is something we've said since day one too. Does that mean to you and to your employees exactly? Yeah. Well, it, uh, you know, family first to me is like, we would offer to our employees all the things that I would want to have as an owner or, or if I was to be employed somewhere else, which are sort of, you'd think common sense, but not a lot of people do them. So, Mm -hmm. so first and foremost, we, um, if you're having a child, uh, man or woman, we offer, um, paternity or maternity top up, uh, for, for employees over two years, it's 75%. And for anybody Mm -hmm. over that, we have a lot of employees over five years. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a hundred percent. And so, uh, a lot of our team are just like, that's, very unusual, certainly in the private sector. And then um, after that, we really try to look at, um, you know, how, how we treat our employees with the lens of like, what we would want. So uh, very flexible work schedule. So for instance, like I drop and pick my kids up from school always have that's, that's mm-hmm. like a, we're, we're kind of a like, start your meetings at 915 or 930. And like, nothing after two, unless it's really important mm-hmm. and work around your, work around your, your kids and their schedule. And that obviously once pandemic hit was made a lot of sense. So, mm-hmm. um, so we, we definitely offer flexible, um, flexibility in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we really try to make, uh, like I love, I love kids in the office. I love dogs in the office. Um, I really want, uh, kids of our team to see what their parents do and feel Mm. proud of where they work. So we, we really do a lot. Um, we do like a Christmas party and we had like an Easter egg hunt (laughs) for all the kids. We got invited to that. Oh, good. 
good. Yeah, yep, we really yep, try yep. and make it fun <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and a place that they're proud to, you know, to, that their parents work at. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess beyond that, um, like part of our, and, and I know we'll probably chat about this, part of our, um, we have an in-residence program, which is mm-hmm. is where we reinvest in business ideas of our team. And one of one of those ideas was like to try to create our own self-generated daycare. Um, so we we're trying. It's that's a very tricky business model. Um, yeah from like a liability standpoint, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that kind of stuff. So we just want to make it as, you know, um, as positive and ex- as an experience for families to have somebody mm-hmm. in their family work at talk shop. And then also to any, anything we would, we would want extended to us, like the flexibility to, to obviously extend. Oh, that's honestly, that's one of, and again, so in simpatico, because uh, we want people to stay, you know, like to feel that yeah. they have a career for life. And yes. you know what, they start off maybe unmarried engineers or that's designers, right. and that doesn't, that doesn't happen forever. And, you know, I just want to say, I mean, for ourselves, why our policy, you know, is very similar. One thing, the proudest thing ever that that did happen out of this mm-hmm. was we have, um, uh, I'm not going to give names of one of one of our yeah. employees who's originally from Chile. Oh, cool. When he had his second child, he called me just before they were having the second child to say, yeah can I drop off my daughter who was three at the time at your place yeah. so she can spend the night with you so I could be in the hospital? And it was like, oh my God, done, so drop her off sweet. at any time. Yeah. I'll put her in bed with my daughter. And, Aww. you know, so they can, they can, you yeah. know, take care of each yeah. other. Yeah. You know, my daughter was like 11 at the time or 12. Yeah, yeah. And the but fact she probably that he, loved that. Yeah. Oh, she loved it. She woke up and yeah. was like, who's this? But <laughs> you know what? It was honestly the fact that we had that policy that so yeah. much that he could trust me and his wife could yeah. trust me with that. I was so happy. Like, oh honestly, gosh, to this day, it's, it's a huge badge of honor that yes. I got to be part yeah. of, you know, I got to drive his daughter there when the other daughter was born, you know, and to do the it's introduction amazing. and everything, which was, which was so cool. Wow. Well, well, and people well, don't well, forget that, right? They, they, you know, they remember how you made them feel. And I think that that's the most important thing to, to keep in mind all the Completely. way along. But it made me feel great too. Yeah. So that's the, <laughs> no, that's that, the important that thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> completely, completely. I yeah. love, I love kids, I, you know, yeah. especially other kids. No, not mine, but you know, no, I, joke. I <laughs> exactly, love my kids. Exactly. Um, well, you know what, tell me a little bit more about the in-residence initiative then, yeah, you know, yeah. what's the in- inspiration behind it? Um, you know, maybe some, um, some success or failure stories of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. All those. Um, so the inspiration behind it was, more around the fact that we, um, as we grew, a part of our uh, objectives as owners is like, we really want to be an umbrella or a family of companies. So Talk Shop will be a very strong part of our portfolio and kind of a central business. But then we may have, you know, we've, we've um, acquired a few businesses and kind of folded them in and we would like to like start or buy other businesses uh, in the years ahead. And so mm-hmm that's all fine, but it doesn't really like benefit our employees necessarily other than maybe they could, there's some synergies where they could go and work at one of the other companies. But we were also like, we have some of the most talented people. They have really bright ideas as one of our um, founding principles. Mm -hmm. And so they're full of bright ideas and very entrepreneurial. And so what if, you know, we kind of gave them the freedom to um, work on a business while still collecting like a full-time paycheck from us, receiving mentorship, uh, receiving access to capital, receiving some of our capital, um, and then and then potentially creating a, a new career for themselves, or at least the safety to launch something and not have to like like we were talking about go out on your own. And and so um, that you know that was launched uh, about a year and a half ago. So we've done 
um, yeah, we're in our, we're like going into our second year of it. And, um, you know, we, we, we launched what is sort of like a, a daycare concept, which has been, mm-hmm. like I said, it's been a bit challenging because of mm-hmm. um, some of the liability and licensing issues, mm-hmm. um, but really trying. And then, um, and then we launched another, which was sort of a online education model geared at sort of the businesses that we can't service in our, um, in the, in the talk shop business, but still want modules or education or, or sort of ad hoc um, information. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so those were, so those were just a couple that have come through the program. Well, that's really cool. I mean, you know what you can, when you're servicing other people, you can scale only so much. So mm-hmm. trying to, you know, not only cook internal ideas, but also mm-hmm. challenge your own employees to be entrepreneurs on yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that's, that's super smart. We, we actually have a similar business unit right now and it's, it's doing cool. some pretty cool stuff. So yeah. I, 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 I love that you're, you know, that, that's, um, that's recognized, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I mean, great company, Google, um, one of our clients, IQ metrics has done mm-hmm. something very similar and they're doing amazing things there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're, hoping to do a fraction of that <laughs> oh we they used to be a floor below us and i was always oh, amazed really? how much they yeah. well this is like three offices like crazy, ago yeah. they're like crazy yeah <laughs> and they're we, we, such humble great people oh my goodness oh, yeah. they're wonderful yeah oh awesome well you know what tell me about the opportunity you did with tedx vancouver yeah because uh, you're doing the communication strategy was it with them or what was your role yeah. with them? yeah so i was one of the founding i don't even know what you call it it was it was in the days gosh this was no i had kids so this was but this was probably 10 years ago mm-hmm. um we were one of the first in canada to get the the like the tedx um mm-hmm. Uh, license, I guess, and, mm-hmm. and start TEDx Vancouver. Um, so I was one of, I think there's five of us that were sort of in the founding group that that started it up here. A lot of the folks that started it were from EA. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I led the comms. I think I also was pretty involved in, so beyond like the communication strategy, uh, picking speakers. One of mm-hmm. the Prides of my life is that I, well, maybe not of my life, but I'm proud of this. Um, <laughs> he was a client at the time, Michael Green, who's a really inspiring architect who builds with wood. Um, <laughs> and so he went on to have like a, you know, we call it mothership, the mothership TED talk, but like main TED um, that's gotten millions and millions of views. And he's gone on to become wildly successful. But <laughs> it all started with him, uh, like I put him forward for his TED talk he, here. He so, gave him a platform. Gave him a platform. He was mm-hmm. he delivered. He was excellent, and um, yeah. So as part of picking speakers, uh, media training, and training the speakers, mm-hmm. um, we even like set the set the ticket price. And at the time, I mean, you know, from going to things like Collision, but but mm-hmm. I think the I think the ticket price was like ninety nine dollars, and and internally on the team, people were like, no one's gonna pay ninety nine dollars. Right now, I was like, <laughs> it was like it was like full lunch, incredible speaker. You know, it was hilarious. But yeah, so yeah, so I was involved in in a lot of of the sort of startup well, stuff. Well, you know what? I mean, you've you've kind of talked about a couple great clients so far. Yeah. Um, can you share a couple more without you know? Oh my goodness! Like, so who's <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me, like a, a, a maybe yeah. a great client you did and something that you did that that you know, I don't know, help create impact for them. Maybe that's a good way of putting it. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, there's like so many. I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll think of this is a good one because I okay. I um, love these. I love 
most, I love our clients, but yeah, um, as you should. I grew up on Vancouver Island and my dad was in forestry. So he worked at McMillan, Glodell and then Weyerhaeuser. So that was sort of like we, I, I could like, if you show me a species of tree, I can name it. Like I am, <laughs> I am a savant at tree mm-hmm. identification. <laughs> so I have a love for forestry that's mm-hmm. never really come out before. And I got connected to this company called Structuralum. And at the time they based in Penticton. So like based in Penticton, no one had really heard of them. They, do you know what glue lamb is or cross laminated timber? Okay. No, so, you're um, the expert. Ooh, yeah. So if you're <laughs> going, like, so if you built the Olympic oval in mm-hmm. Richmond, it's like curved, beautiful yeah. beams of wood. But really what that is, is it's just like, um, individual planks of wood all mm-hmm. like glued together and then molded, but it's, mm-hmm. it's done it's almost like, um, it's like prefab wood components, but it's really beautiful looking. It's gorgeous. So, yeah. And you can I know, build entire... I, I, my, kids, my kids play a lot of hockey and, okay, and every yeah, time yeah, yeah. I'm there, I'm like, yes. this is the best, this is the best that's, rink by far. Right. So I yeah. know exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So that's what, so that's what that material is. And, um, uh, you can build entire high rises with it. So in Europe, it's very common that they're sort of like an 18 story, um, yeah, wood, wood building, but it's mass timber. So mass timber is mm-hmm. like stronger than concrete, but lighter mm-hmm. and actually like seismically mm-hmm. better. So it's, a, and it's local, like you can get it here. It's renewable, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, so, so sweet structure lamb at the time was, you know, like classic founded by a bunch of like foresters <laughs> had like <laughs> terrible branding, zero storytelling. Um, but like nothing but interest because the Canadian, you know, the BC wood council and Canadian, like, we're just like, this is the material of the future. It's better for the mm-hmm. environment, all of these things. And so we got the opportunity, um, to come in and, uh, rebrand, which we don't often get, we, we can do that, but we don't often get a crack at that, um, uh, to, to tell their story. So to shape their sort of public positioning, to do their PR, to take on their social media. I think those were the main things. Mm-hmm. And so that was awesome. And so we started, cleaned up the brand, um, really made it like modern and, and, um, accessible, but like, you know, communicating all of the things I just mentioned, um, specifically how, how, great of a material it is and um how good for the environment it is and so uh i would say probably within so that's it started to become very like this was the material of the future lots of developers uh microsoft has built a massive office with this material google everybody Mm -hmm. in in sort of silicon valley is doing is building with it now um, so it wasn't hard to get media opportunities, but we were really at the forefront and these guys were leading the charge. So they were getting tons of press. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say within probably like four years, uh, a venture capital firm out of um, California bought them. Mm-hmm. And I just heard this recently from from my colleague, Randy, who was part of giving us this initial shot. And he, he said this to my husband, which I made its way back to me, but he said one of the best <laughs> things I ever did was hire Talk Shop because they were the ones who allowed us to get bought for some obscene amount of money because Amazing. we finally looked and got the looked like and got the attention that we deserved and um and yeah so I thought I thought that was a big compliment. Well, congratulations! This is an amazing compliment. It's funny that you had to filter it through your husband, but uh, yeah, Randy, <laughs> who told 
I'll mean nice things to my face. That's fine. <laughs> I'm quite confident. So people maybe don't want to let it go to my head. I don't know. <laughs> Confidence is a great thing. It's a right? great right? thing. In yeah. fact, you need it in order to be brave enough to start a company like this. So I, say, I completely I'm, appreciate I'm it. I'm either like a bit ignorant or like it might come across as confidence, but I'm like, I think half the time I just haven't really thought it through enough, but it worked. It's working for me. So fine. It, 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 <laughs> it definitely appears to. Well, here, here, here's, I'm going to ask you a hard question. Okay. Sure. Okay. But there's, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you build trust in your partners? Mm. I'm talking about the news, you know, kind of the, 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 the news outlets. Mm-hmm. How do you build trust that it's a news story and not just a PR play? How how do you differentiate Mm -hmm. that so that they have trust to give you the platform? Yeah. So, I mean, your reputation is everything and that Mm -hmm. doesn't, it's not just in business. I think it's in life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of only as good as your word. And so, uh, you know, a a few things I think you can do to build trust is not work with or for um, the wrong people. (laughs) I was going to use a a swear word. Um, <laughs> We're mature here. That's fine. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we do have that. We have like a no a hole policy where it's just like you got to be respectful. You can't be like raping, raping and pillaging the earth. You need to be mm-hmm. um, kind of on the up and up. And so, so I think you got to start there. I think uh, you know I have a background in journalism. A lot of our team does. So I think we have mm-hmm. a pretty good. I do a ton of stuff. I think we talked about that off the top of the show. And I've had a TV show, so I've done it. I've done a lot in media where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to waste your time. I know, you know, who you have to talk to, to, to get a story signed off on, um, go through an editor, what have you. So I'm only going to come to you with, you know, that's kind of our promise to them is, Mm -hmm. is, um, we're, we're not going to waste our time with stuff that isn't news. Um, I mean, sometimes, and this is the dance of, of Mm -hmm. the business that I'm in is like what my client might think is news, what I might think is news and what the news thinks is news is all different. Mm -hmm. And so um, you really have to manage expectations, have a good relationship in, in just being upfront and being like, what kind of stories are you looking for these days? Mm -hmm. You know, in the heart of the pandemic, we have great dialogue with our partners and and friends in the media. And they were like, don't pitch us a founder story. It's like, Mm. read the room. Like the world is on fire. Mm -hmm. Don't want to talk about someone's cool new idea. That's Mm -hmm. not what we're doing right now. And then when it shifts, they're very also frank about like, okay, well, we want to talk to people who, you know, um, I would also say that um, we build trust in the sense that I have really stood behind, um, like, do I want, and we have lots of people that we've worked with, like cl- on the client side for eight plus years um, that, you know, that are long, long-term clients, but I have, we have like a clause in our agreement. So it's like, you can leave it anytime. If it, if you're not getting value, mm-hmm. I, the only way I'm able to grow my business is, um, by doing a good job for you Completely. and you telling someone I'm not really investing in my own marketing. Um, so, so I grow because I do a good job for you. And, and so that maybe that's less with the media, but that's more, I think we do the same yeah. thing where it's like, we're not going to be able to get stories if our reputation is like these guys pitch us garbage. So but, you, you know, when, when I would, when, when I would get the, um, you know, the speaking engagement that you, you, your team would set up, the thing that impressed me the most is, mm-hmm. is you would look for angles 
that were, you know, mm -hmm. timely, for example, you know, I did a whole bunch on yes, facial recognition because yeah. we had a facial recognition AI platform that we've built out for ourselves. Yeah. And, and I think that was really an interesting angle was it wasn't about the yeah. company. It was about the timely technology that maybe the company yes. touches. And I think that angle was, was That's a really, right. you know, I don't know. It was it was it was a less selfish angle. I don't know if that's the yeah. way we're putting it, but I mean, it, it builds that's a true it, story, right? right? That's just it. And I think what we have found is it's like you 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 kind of like you look for that crack, that opening. <laughs> and usually, again, like we sometimes are blessed to work with people who are super dynamic, like yourself, who go in and really, blah, blah. you know, after the interview's <laughs> over, they're like, "Well, I want to talk to them again," <laughs> or they're really um, informative or knowledgeable on this topic, um, but. But once we kind of get you in there, then it's easier to kind of expand on on something. But it's just getting that in, right? And it, it takes a bit. And I think we live in a world now of like data and sort of instant, lots of instant things. And PR isn't instant. It is like a relationship-driven mm news driven business where there's no, I can't buy you the cover of the New York times. Like I will have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, and it takes time. And preparation, I would argue again, one of your skill and sets and yeah. the team I witnessed the preparation. So you make yeah. it easy for me to do yes. my job, oh, which is important yeah. because I'm busy, oh. you know, sitting around doing other stuff, I guess, um, doing wonderful <laughs> things like this. You got a few things going, yeah. Ah, you know, people just put me in front of a screen. Um, well, you know what, let's, let's, you mentioned about your journalism degree. Was that, you know, was yeah. that the angle you always wanted to take? Or is that just, um, you know, a path that found you, you know, in what you're doing now? Yeah, no, the full circle is like, I, it, my dream job would have been to be a producer for <laughs> Oprah. I love, I love the medium of television mm -hmm. um, and story, like storytelling through video. Um, so I would have happily just produced and um, loved it. I think the irony, and again, full circle is like, I remember my first day I went to school BCAT and the, and the instructor was like, anyone who wants to make money should leave right now. <laughs> like, this is not no one's making money in journalism. And I was like shocked that I had not thought of that prior to then. And so, I mean, that's sort of the beautiful thing about where my career went is that I ended up still having, you know, working in television, um, uh, talking about money and lack thereof and how to get more mm -hmm. of it. Um, and then ultimately owning businesses that allow me to still work in that, but do it, pave my own road. And that, that has been, um, you know, been a winding road, but it's been a lot An of amazing fun. journey. I'm sure. Well, mm -hmm. I have one, one, one more area I want to dig into is, is the STEM sure, sure. Uh, spotlight awards. Why did you yeah, start it? And, yeah. and like, what's the goal of this? Yeah. So, Oh, this is a bit of a, it's, so there's a few things and it sort of morphed into more of what I'm doing now, but I'm really passionate about this area and ironic because science, technology, engineering, and math are not, none of the sub subjects I would say I'm especially mm -hmm. good at. Um, but first of all, very lacking in, um, women. So I was really, and, and younger, I think, you know, what I learned on the financial side is that if, if um, you don't give girls exposure to, these things before the age of 14 that really kind of their behavior is like locked in. So that goes for everything from their belief in themselves in like competency in math, science to their financial behavior. So sort of how you behave at 14 with money is like 
kind of what you will be like as an adult, unless you're really working to change that. And so I was like, you know, I'd love the idea of getting in to like in front of youth um, and doing this. We had this partner who had done something similar in the UK and so was, uh, you know, willing to put some sponsorship behind mm-hmm. it and, and get it off the ground. Um, we worked with Science World. Um, we worked with really amazing companies. So so the way that the, um, the program rolled itself out is we took sort of big leaders like BC Ferries, SNC-Lavalin, um, who all had you know, very real challenges. Mm-hmm. Like I think the BC ferries was, you know, with AI and um, self, you know, self-driving autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you plan for sort of the future of the ferries? And bit, like re- really big questions. Um, some of the, some of the, like the projects that came in, the responses were so amazing. And, and at the end of the day, we gave away $50,000 wow. like cash. Yeah. Yeah. To the, um, award winners as well as, you know, their, their solution was really taken quite seriously within these organizations. So just a very cool thing. I've sort of morphed that now into, um, what I didn't love about this business and, you know, I wouldn't call it a failure, but I think what I learned is that business actually came more about like to keep it, to be able to have $50,000 to give away, to produce the awards, to do the marketing. Like you, I had to become a sponsorship salesperson, mm. which is it's like, a different game, not, isn't it? <laughs> it's a different game. It's a, it's a bless the people that do that. It is such it's a like slog. Baking. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, and there are, you know, there's dying children. Like there's a million places. Mm -hmm. If you're a corporation, you could give your money. And not that science, technology, engineering, and math isn't important too, but it really became, you know, not for me the best use of my skill set. And there wasn't really anybody who wanted to pick it up and and carry it on. Um, So I've kind of morphed that now into my work with um, Power Play Young Entrepreneurs, which is a group that it's the only... Um, it would be sort of similar to junior achievement, but it's the only, um, entrepreneurial education program that's taught in Canadian schools, like quite prolifically. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, we've served over 80,000 kids and really given them the opportunity. So it's like, like you would cry watching some of their, it's just so adorable and amazing, but they basically like within, with the help of their teacher and this program, they create their own business. They learn about marketing, they learn about giving. So they have to like kind of carve out a part of it. They learn about, you know, cogs, like cost of goods and how to create a profit margin. Things that are frankly like so basic, not taught in, you know, it's shocking to me that we still consider teaching handwriting, but don't teach, you know, like personal finance or, or things like this. So Completely. yeah, so I, I'm doing that. Well, it's now. interesting that you have a spirit of, of educating around proper finance, proper, you know, discipline let's just mm-hmm. say around finance mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you said you you had children child yeah uh, what's what's two, what's the yeah, age two kids 10 and then so ten, okay so I, I've, I've gone through that you know yeah. my, you have an 11 year old i've got yeah, a 13 or and a 14 year old so i i i've gone okay, through that yeah, yeah. path how how are how, how yeah. are they with that discipline are they taking it you know from mom's lessons or or do you have to give direction well, to that i mean it's still a little early on the six but you know I wish I had a better response to this. They're terrible. They're very bad. And I don't know, like my husband and I spend, I think a lot of time um, kind of looking at this and, and I'm not trying to cut myself slack, but 
you know, we've given them a pretty nice life. Mm -hmm. Like they don't really want for anything. I grew up, you know, my husband too, like kind of working class. Like I didn't really have super nice things. And in order to get nice things, I had to work really Mm -hmm. hard and basically do it myself. And that was sort of ingrained into me is like, if you want it, you can have it, but you're going to have to get it yourself. Like nobody's going to get that mm-hmm. for you. And so, you know, my, my daughter is actually home sick. Mm. Um, and like I was working the other day and so I'm like, have a headset in and she's telling me something. She ordered herself like two things off Amazon. Of and I was like, where? And she's like, Oh, I'll just like, I'll just give you $30. It's fine. But I was like, where are your like, and so that launched into this whole thing about no, for all, for all the money that you get, a third of it needs to be saved. Mm-hmm. So it really, and I, as much as I would love to say, like, do as I do, not as I say, because I do save, mm-hmm. like, I love to save money. Um, that has not been passed down. So it is a big, um, that is a big goal for for our family. Give, give, give them time, just... give them time. Or, may, or maybe Oprah can okay. come over and just give them okay. the wag of the finger. Oprah, you know, give them the wag yeah. of the finger. What's it going to take? Yeah, you tell me. But you found it's gotten better with your well, kids? You know, it's funny because my son's already spending money he doesn't have. And my, my yeah. daughter, who's 14, she makes money. She sells stuff on on uh, Instagram. Yeah. And I'm shocked how well yeah. she does at it. Like, she's yeah. like, oh, no, Dad, I don't need any money. I already make enough stuff? and I'm saving. And she even bought some shares in a company that she researched recently that, that I had to buy on her behalf. But it was like, you're yeah, not a 14 sure. year old. Like I was a 14 year old. I'm really impressed by oh, her. Dang. So, yeah, yeah. Can she come over and teach my kids? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? My daughter has an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit for sure. So that part, and that's like, probably like me, like I said, I was not like very interested in the deprivation part. I was like, show me how to make mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you know, Katie, let's, we're, 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 let's leave it at the end of the, the, our kids are on the path to hopefully greatness, uh, you know, through, through, yes, through, like through following yes. our journeys. Um, but I just want to thank yes, you, you know, especially it. now that I know your, your daughter's sick, you know, I, I really appreciate that you spent time with us oh, today no and, uh, just thank you yeah. for being so open and for sharing with us. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, you had such kind things to say about our well, team and, and I have had so much fun so thank you for having well, us fantastic let me i've got too many monitors going there we go you're so good at this no 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 i just blah blah ahoy afternoon tea listeners if you got this far i assume you like this episode and that is awesome thank you In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast focusing on the business of technology in Canada. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we'd love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at ttt, that's three T's, dot studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us on social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.